You're listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, where the discussion focuses on how to maximize Social Security benefits. Considering there are 567 ways to file and 3,000 rules for filing, it's no wonder that 90% of those who file for Social Security do not receive their maximum benefits. Listen in as Philip Wilson, who is certified in Social Security claiming strategies, outlines what you need to know to get the most from your Social Security benefits. Welcome to the show. Today I want to start a new series, uh, continuing on the theme of retirement. I want to look at retirement in a little bit different way. In previous weeks we've been talking about Social Security, the importance of Social Security, the way that you file for Social Security, that over 90% of people filing for Social Security do not receive their maximum benefit. They leave a lot of money on the table. We've been talking about the lifetime value of that Social Security, the lifetime benefit of having income. And today I want to continue on that theme, this overall theme of lifetime income being so important, for, particularly for this generation. Now, this generation is the first generation in history that, will expected, that we expect to live longer in retirement than they do working. And with that increases the likelihood that we could outlive our income, excuse me, our assets. So having a lifetime source of income is pretty vital. It's never really been more important than now. Retirement's always been a difficult thing to plan for, a lot of work to do to get ready to slow down, but even more so, the likelihood of people living too long, rising medical costs, all these different factors, the importance of lifetime income, income sources that you cannot outlive, income sources that continue as long as you continue, whether that's 75 or whether you live to be 175, having those sources of income are so vital. So I want to continue along those lines, continue on that theme. We've talked in detail about Social Security. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to go back and hear some of those broadcasts, you can. You can actually go to our website, uh, ssmistakes.com, ssmistakes.com. We talked about the different filing strategies for Social Security, particularly as they apply to the different situations in life. You know, if you've been divorced, you're married, all these different situations, how you can secure the largest amount of Social Security for the rest of your life. And I'd encourage anybody that didn't didn't listen to the broadcast to look at those podcasts. They'll be up on the website. You can listen to them, and I think it would be helpful to you. The last couple of weeks, we, we, we also talked about college, in particular, reducing the cost of college through f- uh, financial aid and other assistance that was out there. Anybody that missed that broadcast that'd like to look at that, um, that's also faced with those kind of decisions, a teenager going off to school soon, looking for ways to reduce the college cost, take advantage of the financial aid and the other resources that are out there. We have a separate website, but we also will have those broadcasts on there as well. The website is reducecollegecost.org, reducecollegecost.org. But today I want to continue the theme on retirement, and in particular look at a little bit of a different aspect of retirement, and in particular income. We've been talking about Social Security, securing the largest source of income that most people have in retirement, securing the largest amount that we can possibly receive. Um, But today I want to talk about additional ways to create income. Um, There's a a lot of discussion today on what makes a safe 
investment. And this is probably the single biggest change to my practice over 30 years. I've been helping folks since 1989 prepare for retirement. And I would say the, the number one biggest change to the types of advice that I give people, how I help them, was respect to safety. You know, what is a safe investment? What is a safe way to create income for someone in retirement? Um, I've been through a lot of pretty bad periods of time in my life. I started my career right after Black Monday, pretty bad period of time. The dot-com bubble comes to mind, pretty bad period of time. But 2008 really changed things for me. It really taught me several lessons related to safety because the bottom line, a lot of things that I thought were safe were not so safe. And in particular, one of the things that it really taught me was a little bit different perspective about bonds. Throughout my career, I've always been taught that whenever you manage someone's finances, manage their investments, you find a, a mixture of stocks and bonds for them. And it typically depends upon their age as far as how much they have in stocks, how much they have in bonds. As they get older, as they're starting to generate income, you need to have a higher compensation of bonds. And, but what 2008 taught me was that bonds have a lot of risk. And I don't know that any of us really truly understood that. Um, we've always thought of bonds as being a very safe way to cushion stock investments when stocks are down. You know, bonds will cushion those losses. They, they tend to work inversely. That's what I've always taught. But 2008, that wasn't the case. 2008, uh, we learned a lot of different lessons. And the biggest lesson was that bonds have a lot of risk. And I just want to set up this discussion by talking a little bit more about that. Um, some people don't quite understand what a bond is. So let me just quickly explain the way that I like to describe uh, a bond for my clients. A bond is basically an IOU. It's an IOU between two parties. You have one party that's uh, being loaned money and promising to pay that back at a future date, and that would be the maturity date. And then you have a second party that's receiving interest during the meantime. So one party would be receiving uh, a lump sum of money, and they would, t they would promise to repay that money at a future date, and they would pay interest along the way. Now, we've always known that the risk associated with a bond is the risk that the entity will default. The entity that the, the risk that the entity will not be able to honor its obligation. So if that person is borrowing the money with the promise to pay it back at a future date, the risk becomes will they be able to? If you're looking at a corporate bond, you're you're asking the question, was that company sound? You know, will it will it be in business at a future date? Will it be in business in ten years or twenty years? Um, probably the most shocking thing for me was what happened in 2008 with municipal bonds. Throughout my career, we've always thought of municipal bonds as being very safe. Municipal bonds are IOUs that are issued by local governments, typically to build bridges, improve roads, sometimes for special projects or schools. But they're basically a way that a county government will Will raise, a municipal government will raise revenue for these different projects. So 
we've always thought of that as being a very safe thing um, because the municipal government is very likely to honor its obligations because it can raise tax revenue. Well, as it turns out, uh, we live in the largest bankruptcy in history for a municipal government. Jefferson County is the largest municipal bankruptcy in history. In fact, I just saw um, a, a Fox News um, article ne last week uh, um, talking about the different gov county governments, municipal governments across the country, and there's a lot of them even today, even though the economy is a lot better, that are really suffering, that are in an awful lot of debt. It's very likely that they could default on their debt obligations, and you know that was a big surprise for a lot of people. I know people, uh, fortunately they weren't my clients, but I know a lot of people that purchased things like Visionland bonds. You know, Visionland was the amusement park that the city of Birmingham wanted to build. Well, it's no longer. Those that invested in that lost a lot of money. So municipal bonds have always been thought of throughout my career as, as not really having a lot of risk. 2008 taught us that they really do have a lot of risk. And there's a great likelihood that the bond, whether it's a corporate bond or a municipal bond, that person could default on its obligations. Another lesson that we learned um, was about mortgage-backed securities. Probably most of you are familiar with how mortgage-backed securities just about brought down the entire economy in 2008. And, you know, but up until that point, mortgage-backed securities were thought of as being very safe. Real estate was thought of as being very safe. People paying their mortgage obligations um, was thought of as being very safe. I mean, most people will pay that you know, otherwise they'll affect where they live, and, and most people would not have thought about or considered what happened in 2008. Uh, Mortgage-backed securities just about destroyed everything in our economy. We've never had a period of time where people walked away from their mortgage so much, so many short sales. Short sales were so overwhelming to the banks that they couldn't even get to them or foreclose the properties. Uh, I don't know that anybody including myself, recognized a period of time where real estate prices would decrease. I live in Homewood. At one point in Homewood, we were upside down in our house. We had an equity line on our house. We'd use it to purchase a car. We'd use it for some other things and run it up. Well, when, when it came time to renew that equity line, we had to go to the bank, and the value of our home was less than what we owed. We were upside down. My wife and I have always um, invested in rental properties at the beach. We own a number of properties on 30A, a very popular uh, rental and destination area between um, Destin and Panama City. Uh, through the years, we've invested a lot of money down there. In 2008, 2009, I don't know that I slept. We went through a period of time that was just, the prices down there decreased 80%, almost overnight. I remember one of the one of the houses that we have in a really nice subdivision next to Rosemary Beach. There's only about eight or nine houses. Well, half the houses were in foreclosure at one point. So when you rode up and down the street, there was a lot of overgrown weeds and places that needed uh, yards that needed to be cut, and it was pretty bleak. Um, 
you know, I've never really thought of real estate as a risky investment. I didn't necessarily expect real estate to always go up in value, uh, but I never expected it to go down in value the way that it did. But 2008 taught us a lot of lessons. It taught us a lot of lessons about mortgage-backed securities, that they weren't as safe as we thought they were. Uh, it also taught us a lot of lessons about CDs and banks. A lot of people have always uh, invested in CDs as a safe way to preserve their income. Uh, as it turned out, banks had as much trouble as anybody. Um, I don't know that I ever expected so many different banks to go under. In fact, there were so many different banks going under around that time period, there was a lot of us that thought the FDIC would have to be bailed out. You know, they already bailed out Fannie and Freddie and the automakers, you know, where they have to bail out that one out too. You know, just a very uncertain time, very difficult time. You know, one of the other um, lessons that we learned in 2008 were about the rating agencies. One of the reasons that a lot of us in the investment community did not realize the risk associated with the bond is because they were highly rated. Uh, there was a company th throughout the course of my career that has always rated bonds and rated the possibility of default, possibility that that entity may not repay that bond. Um, well, things like mortgage-backed securities had a high rating. And that was a surprise to a lot of people. You know, we just didn't really expect that. And a lot of people felt like that there was a big conflict of interest with the rating agencies. The, um, the companies themselves were paying the rating agencies to rate them. So obviously it was in their best interest to receive a higher rating because it was helpful for their bond prices. So there was just an awful lot of trouble that came out of 2008. And it really left us with this question of, is there anything, is there anything safe anymore? Is there any kind of safe investment that we can find? But let's go to the break, and we're going to come back and talk about that more.